Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Luke Anderson, astronaut, a man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier. Funnier. More Labradoodles. <laughs> The St. Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080thefan.com. Hey, 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 happy Saturday morning. Hope you're having a wonderful day so far. Thank you for joining us. Will Darkins, what's happening, my man? You're drunk. Not a lot, man. Just Skoducks. Skoducks. Skoducks, man. Can we get a big Skoducks out there? I get a Skoducks. Dude, that dude, I got together with my buddies over Zoom and we scout XR. What now? Guy guys. Oh my gosh, dude. Are you making fun of Duck fan right now? Let me tell you after the Ducks are the Pac 12 champions. Back to back years. They went down, they took out the undefeated. Do you even know what that word means? USC had been not been defeated all year. Guess what? Defeated now. You know by who? Skodax. Yeah, Asterix. What's up? Asterix. <laughs> I saw a lot of that. I mean, no on, question uh, there's an Asterix, but. Well, I saw a lot of that on um, Pacific Northwest Sports Twitter that a lot of uh, Duck fans were throwing out the Skodax for their uh, Pac-12 title win last night. But yeah. then you also had the Beaver fans slipping into the comments, throwing those Asterix everywhere. Just boom, 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 boom. Asterix. Bang, bang, bang. Whatever, dude. Here's, here's the thing. Here's the thing about sports. Here's the thing about competition. Oh, so you're going to lecture me on sports. You can only put the game in front of you, right? <laughs> right? Am I right? Ducks got an opportunity. Let's say your beloved Oregon State Beavers. I love them. Played for them. You sweat. You bled. You cried. Orange. Orange and black. Which I think means you're sick. You're sick. You either have wrong. typhus or actually, I want to check that out. If you're bleeding orange and black. Well, because I think you can actually bleed orange. I think that's hemoglobin. Uh, I don't know what that is. Doesn't sound healthy. I don't think it's blood. At that point, it's ooze. Anyways, if you've got orange and black ooze coming out, things are things are trouble. If the beeves were given the opportunity to go down to the Coliseum and play USC last night. Whatever the scenario, everybody else in the North got COVID. You can go play that game, right? Um, yeah. But you can't get mad at the Ducks for having the opportunity because it wasn't their choice. They said, hey, you want to play this game? Who's going to say no? Everybody's going to say yes. Yes, we want to go down. We want to be the ones to knock off undefeated USC. And they did. Uh, so orange bleeding has to actually do with the lady parts. Oh, well, thanks. So you can't actually bleed orange. Well, well I, can't I can't bleed orange. Yeah, we yeah, can't. We can't do it. But I'm sure we could meet somebody that has blood orange. Oh, interesting. We'll see if we can get them on the show for next week. But I think oh. they will be sick. Yeah, well. Because it is a sign of infection. Okay. Things have gone bleeding wrong. Bleeding orange. Things have gone wrong when you're bleeding orange. I have to say there are moments where, and I've told you about this before, right? Like my obsession with eating beets. Yes. I love beets. I eat them almost every single day. Yep. Very dark 
Vegetable. Keeping the beet industry alive here in Northwest Oregon Mm. all by yourself. That's right. Yep. When I started eating beets every day, which, by the way, was the greatest time of my life. I bet it was. uh, I got absolutely scared to H-E-W hockey sticks when I went number two and number one, and it was red Red. coming out. Yeah. I really thought that these were my last days on Earth. (laughs) Good time. I couldn't explain. I was like, I'm eating beets. It's healthier for me. This is a healthy activity. It's supposed to oxidate my blood, make the blood flow to my organs better. Really? That's what it does. That's what I read. Okay. You didn't read the whole article when it says, oh, by the way. Yeah, your number ones and your number twos are gonna be, be red. Are gonna be a different hue. Come on, I had it all rhymed out there. Oh, jerk! Sorry, drop in your red. Like you assume that I didn't have some poetic statement based on your uh, the color of your poops and peas. I thought you were just gonna tell a really long story about your dad going hunting or something. I can do that. <laughs> you like me too? <laughs> yeah. Oh, I got a few in the hopper. Can I just can I just tell you one one of the more frustrating things about uh, doing this show with you is the length of a story Mm. usually relatively the same, Mm. depending on the topic that it's on. You exaggerate the length of something based on your interest so quickly. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna take forever. No, it's literally thirty seconds. Oh, my God, these are the longest 30 seconds of my life. If it's something that you do, are not interested and not, like, globally interested in or mm. or always interested. Sexually. No, it's if you're not interested at the moment, yeah, we can have the same conversation two weeks in a row. And you may have forgotten that we talked about it before. You'd be like, oh, this. I probably did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and the next week you'd be like, oh, this is, this is fascinating. Right now I'm interested. Oh, that? Yeah, when you're not engaged. So the Ducks had the chance to go and play for the Pac-12 championship. They looked great. That was probably the best game they played all year. I will asterisk that, too. Go for it. I will it. say their defense looked great. Offense, eh. eh. Offense looked okay. Did what it needed to. But, sure. yes, their defense, their defense looked great. They were led by their defense last night. And the story going in was, can the secondary for Oregon compete with the air raid Keaton Slovis and the great wide receivers that USC has challenge accepted. We got you. And they started off and you know, the, the way the ducks have played this year, if there's another quarter in that game, ah, who knows if they in that game, but that's the same thing for USC. They've been doing that all year where they've been getting behind and they've had, that would have been their fourth come from behind victory, but they didn't have enough uh, gas in the tank to do it. Uh, congratulations to Oregon. Your pack 12 Champions. Asterix. Not North Division champions is what it says next to the asterisks at the um, bottom of the page. Did you happen to catch, because they had old uh, Marky Mark Helfrich on the on the call. Did not catch that. Did okay. not sound on. So uh, Mark was on the call there, and there was a moment <laughs> where he and Joe Davis were talking, and um, there was some recruit, I forget who it was, and probably the text line can help me, 503-250-1080, but he basically said, how did you let uh, a kid like uh, Talanoa out of Oregon? And I think it was uh, one of the SC guys yeah. who um, was uh, you know, out of Oregon and got recruited by SC. And Mark Helfrich descri- uh, said, that's why I'm here with you, Joe. <laughs> Which I really that appreciated. Because... I think for Mark Helfrich and I think for a lot of Duck fans, like, I don't think the hate for him, and in fact, I don't think there really is a hate. I don't think the dislike for him is as high as levels like Willie Taggart. Like that's, Oh, yeah, no, not even close. Willie Taggart is like Rich Rod status for dudes uh, in Western, or uh, in West Virginia. Oh, West Virginia. Oh, dude. Yeah, well, Michigan uh, yeah. hates Rich Rod, too. That, too, yeah. Uh, I think Arizona dislikes Rich Rod as well. Eh, I think they're too distracted. <laughs> They're kind of just like, eh. that's why I said dislike. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like, I think there's a certain contingency of Duck fans with Mark Helfrich who are just kind of like, why did you let the recruiting slip so bad? Like, it has become now known around sure. Oregon football circles that like Mark Helfrich was a known terrible recruiter. Yeah. Very good at the football end of it, which made sense and translated to the fact that when he had Chip Kelly's guys for that one year right afterwards, they were national title contenders. Yep. 
because he knew how to operate an offense. Obviously, he was one of the uh, one of the dudes that had been with Kelly for a long time as his offensive assistant. And that was the reason Chip Kelly had appointed him head coach after he had left. He said, like, this is the guy you want to put in charge in terms of like scheme. Dude couldn't recruit to save his life. And that's not true. His problem was that he wasn't he wasn't the organizational leader that could lead a recruiting team. Because that's that's the Mario Cristobal thing. Is CEO. not not only yes, not only is he a great recruiter himself, but he has also put a team of great recruiters around him. He went to Alabama and studied under the master of Hey, here's how we build a system that works. And no matter how many offensive and defensive coordinators move through Alabama, our system will stay intact. That is something that Mark Helfrich never did. Mark Helfrich has been credited with going to St. Louis High School on the island of Oahu and finding someone named Marcus Mariota. And I believe he is the one that holds the only Heisman Trophy in the history of University of Oregon. Skittix! Mark Helfrich was the OC or quarterbacks coach at the time that went out there and helped recruit Marcus Mariota. So there's a difference between being a terrible recruiter and being a, a guy that just doesn't run the organization. And that's Mark Helfrich where he, I mean, you can hear it in interviews. He just wasn't the, the presence that you needed at the head of the organization. Great OC and good enough, good enough X's and O's guys to come do a national championship game. I need to introduce you to my buddy. Andrew Nemec. I know Andrew Nemec. Do you? Yeah. I don't think you do. Well, listen, I'm not claiming to be Andrew Nemec. Right. But there is a difference between running an organization. Like, you could be, well, right. you're, you're one of the great producers. In, I mean, let's be honest. Yeah. But if you had to flip-flop places with the guy that ran the producer's bullpen here at 1080 the fan you took over for jason swigart put together all the schedules and had to do all of the glad handing and kissing babies i don't think that you fall real well into the management aspect of oh things. no i would be an incredible man oh sure sure you would i would be incredible at it yes because you yeah. you you care about other people's feelings oh and yeah you consider others before you make act sure let me tell you something i think we already proved it earlier in the show <laughs> i'm very patient at listening to people's stories and problems incredibly exactly. patient I love you, buddy, but yeah, yeah, that's not, I like, yeah, I really get into people's feelings. Yeah. You can be good at what you do and not be good at leading others in what you do. Uh, text line five, zero, three, two, five, oh, 10 80, somebody else. So texting in. And then this is the reason why I do want to mention Andrew Nemec because he will give you some inside information about the, uh, absolute barnstorms that were, uh, Helfrich's recruiting visits and that how they did not go well, yes. that he did, this he is did head very coach. well. This. He hit very well on some recruits, but once he was in charge yes. and uh, <laughs> he could not recruit yeah. very well. Yes. I agree with that. The, the, when Helfrich, you, also the reason Tua went to Bama says this text. There's no question. He was a terrible leader of the recruiting unit for Oregon when he took over as head coach. All I'm saying is you look backwards and you go, oh, yeah, he was part of the the landscape that got the Chip Kelly guys in there. He didn't come in and start at Oregon after Chip Kelly left. He was part of that. So I love that he has a sense of humor about it. I think that is fantastic. I was uh, I was uh, <laughs> I was on Twitter and I was uh, trolling pretty hard. Going into people's comments and saying like, man, this just reminds me of the Willie Taggart ears. <laughs> <laughs> just getting goats really hard. Yeah. How'd that, how'd that go? Oh, it was great. I love it. There is just, it is so awesome. And I can't figure out the equivalent for Oregon State because they try it with Gary Anderson. Whew, like I've yeah. had people who like come up to me and try to like rub it in my face with Gary Anderson. I'm like. Dude, we don't really care that Gary Anderson left, to be quite honest. like We're kind of glad. Yeah, like, it happened, and we were like, okay, see ya. Yeah. Like, he was kind of a nightmare by the end of it. Sure. Like, if you mention Willie Taggart to a Duck fan, like, the rage meter starts to go from, like, yellow to bright red. Yeah. The only- like, pissed off. But... <laughs> 503-250-1080, Duck fans out there listening to this program that haven't been turned off by my praise of of Helfrich as a recruiter before he took over and Will being a beaver. Uh, Willie Taggart, there has to be some sort of satisfaction that he flamed out so hard. Oh, of course. After he left. That, you know so what I mean? salty. But yeah, if he, was, if he was winning at Florida State right now, oh, 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 oh man. That'd but make it worse, right? But he's not. No, he's not. 
No. Still getting paid by? Probably it. Uh, dude, that is so awesome. Like, I really hope that I can fall ass backwards into, yeah. like, a Jay Cutler situation or, like, a, a Willie Taggart or just, just any of those kind of things. Hell, I'd take myself a Philip Rivers situation where really the expectations are too high over an Indy. I know people are like, oh, well, they're a content. Dude, they knew what they were getting when they hired Philip Rivers. Look, we, we saw your film, dude. You can't throw past 10 yards. Just if you can operate an offense and hand the ball off, that'd be very nice. Thank you. Yeah. Here's millions of dollars. Wah! Uh, Willie Taggart's buyout for Florida State, $18 million. Damn. That is so awesome. And I love it, too, because, Months like. after buying out Willie Taggart for $18 million. Because, <laughs> you know, fan bases from both schools, yeah. like, try to get pissed off at him and rail about it. But, sure. you know, in his head, he's like, I got $18 million. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but in his head, he's going. Uh, which car should I drive today? The Mercedes, the BMW, or the Bugatti? Yeah. You're better off. Oregon's better off without him, right? Eh, feels that way. Not in my opinion. Oh! But, you know, I'm also a fan of the rival school. Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, all right, we'll get. Uh, let's get into some of the football games being played today, shall we? We've got a college mm. football playoff that needs to be settled. Ooh. Figure out which four teams. So we'll start off with some college football. We've got a big, big claim from one of the great wide receivers in NFL history. And we need to talk about other things. I know. It's a big show, Will. Yeah. I'm excited about it. But we'll start with college football because it's being played as we speak. We do that next. Center and Saint on 1080 The Fan and Radio.com. I still say this song is just vaguely racist. What are you talking about? <laughs> You get two donkeys? <laughs> I, I don't know. It's skirting the line. <laughs> skirting the line of what now? It's just, I don't know. Why does the donkey need to be Italian? Be because the reindeer cannot climb the hills of Italy. I mean, it says right there. It explains itself all the way through. Well, you know me. I don't listen to long stories. <laughs> this song's like two and a half minutes. I checked out. Yeah, I checked out. After I wasn't I heard. interested, so I checked out after 15 seconds. Uh, I heard the donkey noises, and that yeah. entertained me. But then the, the guy started talking, and I was like, Bro, oh, I'm going to have to listen to this, Paisan. That's enough of that. <laughs> I don't need that in my life. Uh, you know, this this song brings me nothing but pure joy. There, th There's two Christmas songs that I should have probably heard as a child that I did not. This is one of them that my children now love, which delights me. But I never heard this until um, a Jewish New York Italian that I worked with present, named Dominic presented to me Dominic the Donkey. And I was like, oh, this is... This is his jam right here. This is his jam. The, between this song and his impression of his Jewish mother, Italian father, Jewish mother, those are my two favorite things about Dominic that I will uh, always remember. That's a hell of a house. I, I tell you, the, the guy was, oh, well, and he was gay. So he, he had a, he had a uh, lot of stories of his upbringing. Italian father, Jewish mother, he was gay, told him in high school, and then this song. Those are the things that he gave me. So, Talk about the most interesting man in the world. It's quite interesting. <laughs> it's fantastic. Um, and then uh, the other song that I never heard as a kid, and I heard just driving around when I lived in L.A., was um, uh, I Want a Hippopotamus for Christmas, which feels like a song you should know as a child. And I did not, and now it is my children's favorite Christmas song. Yeah, that's a good one. Which is not on our playlist today, but uh, we, I let you pick a couple of your favorite Christmas songs. So This is our last show before Christmas. Did it you is. realize that? Yeah, it's I not did. yours, but it's ours. So Yeah. Merry Christmas. I forgot to bring you a gift because I didn't get you anything. Happy Holidays. Oh, sorry. Okay. I forgot. That's why I didn't get you anything for Christmas. That's right. Because you know me. I'm a stickler for agnosticism. Yes. Happy holidays, it's jerk. Hey, uh, real quick, could you tell me what time it is in there? And Oh, <laughs> I think you know. Just look at the giant clock Jason Swigard installed to your right. Yeah, so directly between Will and I, there is a, a sheet of glass that separates the producer space from the host space and, uh, you know, prevents sound from carrying and makes this show sound as amazing as it does. 
Also between us, there is a computer screen that has a clock on it. There is a clock here on uh, my Wheatstone talent station. This is a TS-22 that has a clock on it. Damn, 22? I I know, right? Yeah. Yep. I've got a laptop computer here that has a clock on it. I've also got a uh, desktop computer that's here that has a clock on it. But for some reason, uh, Jason Swigard felt like there were not enough clocks in this room, so he put a full-sized computer monitor on the glass wall Mm. that only shows the time on the full size of the, what is that, a 24-inch monitor? Yeah, about. Yeah, so it just shows the time so we can see what time it is. Now, let's just check and make sure that it lines up. And he's got it lined up perfectly. Yeah, with lined the- up perfect. He's really losing his mind, honestly. Is he? Yeah, I think the COVID thing's starting to take a toll on him yeah. because now he's just surrounding the room in clocks. Yeah. And that was, I'll tell you what, that's a plot twist I couldn't have predicted. Yeah, who knew? He'd get obsessed with clocks. Yeah. So anyway, so the room, the, the ambiance in the room has been, uh, it, first of all, it's not great to begin with. No. It's been downgraded significantly. It smells like old beer and urine. Yeah. And it's the full white screen with the dark blue numbers on it. Mm. So it's just a giant blazing screen of white and then, the, the of course, the time on it. Mm-hmm. It's very frustrating. But Swigard's losing his mind. We have to put up with crazy Uncle Jason. Yeah. So, yeah. Should be expected. What are you going to do? College football is being played. I want to read you uh, the list of scheduled games today just so you know what's going on in college football because people care. Hit me with it. Right now, Northwestern is number 14. They're playing at number four, Ohio State. That game is being played on Fox Television. Uh, This is a game for the Big Ten Championship, even though Ohio Ohio State did not play enough games to qualify for it. Well, you mentioned this in your Sports Center update. Texas A&M is currently tied seven-seven against Tennessee, who is three and five, and they're just they're just playing. No real rhyme or reason. That game's on ESPN right now. If you want to watch that, have you ever considered that they just are out there having fun? Sure, I I don't know the reason. It might be fun. They're just playing. Just so I'm just telling you. I know. I know. There is nothing on the line. I should. This. I guess that's the point of it. There's no championship out there. There's no trophy. There's just. There's playing. Yeah. You know why? Because they love football. Because football. Because football. Because SEC football. Yeah, that's right. And there you know you what, Luke? If you don't love football, then you can just pick up your old ass and get out. Yeah, that's fair. I, I'll take that. This game uh, also being played now, which two championship games being played at the same time. Not sure why, but. Oklahoma and Ohio, Iowa State could not schedule a different time. This is number 10 Oklahoma, which is a two-loss team, 7-2. and two. Uh, It's up 7 nothing in the first quarter against Iowa State. That is uh, the number six team, uh, according to the playoffs rankings, also a two-loss team. Now, a lot of people uh, on the sports analyst uh, panel of whatever are saying that Oregon and Iowa State are on a collision course for the Fiesta Bowl January 2nd. I dig it. And it's kind of contingent on the idea that Iowa State would win this game uh, against Oklahoma because Oklahoma at this point, um, even if they do win, it would be uh, two losses, and I guess they would try to kind of Fiddle them into uh, another bowl game. Yeah, well, I, the, right now, Iowa State down 7 nothing At 1 o'clock, you have Clemson-Notre Dame. This is a rematch from earlier. Clemson's only loss, playing without Trevor Lawrence to, to Notre Dame. Uh, so, rematch there. And regardless of what happens, they're both in the college football playoff, according to Will. That is according to me, and that's what I had said yesterday morning, and I truly still do believe that. I think that, honestly, and, you know, we've, we've labored this all week. The college football playoff committee has just relinquished all ideas that they're going to use morals, fairness, yep. or logic in any decision or for any team that they put in. And I, for one, welcome it because Clemson is a team that has Trevor Lawrence on it, which most national fans just say, look, is he going to go to the Jets or not? I think I want to tune in and watch. Fair enough. I think it's a TV show. You want to get as many viewers as you can. And if you could get Trevor Lawrence against Alabama, the one and the four in this situation, right, if Clemson loses, um, you know, that's good TV. You got Trevor Lawrence in a rematch against Alabama, and the last time they did face off, he embarrassed them. Yep. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But they're playing at 1 o'clock today. 1.15, you've got a Mountain West championship game, Boise State uh, at San Jose State. 
Alabama, Florida will be your 5 o'clock game. So these games all matter. Tulsa playing Cincinnati. That's your number 10 team. That is American our, Athletic Conference. It is. And then here's your uh, slew of canceled games for the top 25. Vanderbilt George, uh, at Georgia, Louisiana at Coastal Carolina, Michigan at Iowa, Georgia Tech at Miami, uh, Purdue at Indiana, all canceled. So there's your uh, slate of top 25 games. What, if anything, are the consequences of any of these games? Oregon's opponent in the Fiesta Bowl. You seem to think that it matters not what happens in the Clemson-Ohio State game. Or uh, Clemson, I'm sorry, uh, Notre Dame game. Ohio State, in or out? Uh, If they lose, they're out? Well, see, that's the whole chain reaction thing, right? Yeah. Like, I would tell you that if Ohio State loses, uh, then it is almost certainly guaranteed that Clemson would get in at the number four, even if they do lose to Notre Dame. Now, if Ohio State beats Northwestern, which we all kind of assume they will, um, there is kind of that far outreaching chance that again, they will accept Clemson even with two losses. I think that's yeah. the biggest storyline honestly heading into this weekend is just, will there be the first two loss team that goes into this playoff? Yeah. And then if that does happen, will it be enough to push the college football playoff committee to expand this thing to eight games? Yeah. Reggie Bush in all of his USC Trojan wisdom went to Instagram <laughs> uh, last night or either this morning and he put up what his top eight would be if there were eight teams in the college football playoff. He had Oregon playing Bama yeah. in round one. Sign me up for that. Which is interesting because it's an eight-team playoff without the uh, one seed getting a bye, which I yeah. thought was kind of interesting. Well, but that, that's how an eight seed would work. Or well, eight, you get eight it on either playoff. side. So no. then you have the six play, and then the one gets the bye, and then you go in that way. That would be 16 playoff. What? Yeah, if you have an eight-team playoff... You have enough for four games in the opening round. I don't know if that math is right. Yeah. Eight eight divided by two is, is four. Three. Nope. You got it wrong. What? You're thinking six. You're thinking of a different number over there, Will. You're thinking of the six. You've got your six and your eight mixed up. Damn. Yeah, that'll happen. Hey, <laughs> fullback. <laughs> That's right. Hey, you know what? Maybe I can't count, but I'll friggin' hit you. <laughs> I will run full speed into you and position you slightly to the right so the other guy can run by us. Yeah. Uh, so the the only things, the only game of major consequence, I think today is is if Ohio State loses, they did just score. Justin Fields just got in the end zone on the opening drive. Um, but I, I think your Big 12 is out. I think Alabama doesn't matter. Win or lose, they're in. It just gives Florida a chance to get in there. But I think that Notre Dame-Clemson game does matter. I think that's the one that you want to keep Mm. an eye on. And at 1 o'clock, I think it should be a fun game. It's a rematch. They didn't have Trevor Lawrence last time. They do this time. This is where the college football playoff committee benefits from going to 8, where you can create this weekend of football in a normal year or in a COVID year, whatever it is, these games should feel like playing games. It mm. would just make it more interesting. It, you're by by default, if you go to eight, you're expanding it. If you have a, you win your conference, you get in. Mm. You automatically expand the playoff to the conference championship games, which makes it fun. Mm. Yes? No? Yeah, Maybe I don't so. know. I, I would just say that I don't think you want to take this season. No, this season is not. Yeah, yeah. to make that jump. I, you know, all the people that are uh, screaming for a six or eight team playoff. You know, I would say that uh, I would hold off a year because uh, it's going to look really bad if after this bull season, which it's going to be kind of weird, uh, especially yeah, the idea of the Rose Bowl might not even happen, uh, that right after that you go, by the way, come on in, everybody. We're yeah. just going to do everyone. We'll talk about the Rose Bowl in uh, an hour two because the Rose Bowl is uh, potentially going to be boycott which will be interesting. Mm. And uh, and we'll get into a little bit more about the Oregon uh, championship uh, in hour two as well. But right now I want to talk about uh, a wide receiver that's making the claim that he's the greatest of all time. And uh, well, Will agrees. I don't. We'll talk about that after this college scoreboard update. Comfort yes, comfort and joy. Comfort and joy. Bad religion uh, has a delightful delightful Christmas album. If you're looking for a little punk rock in your Christmas, I recommend Badger Region. Badger Region! Badger Region. Badger Region. Badger Region. Badger Region. Badger Region. Um, 
So I see the headline. <laughs> and it's just so dumb. You're already putting on the old man vernacular. Uh, I see the headline. Well, the news. I pick up the newspaper this morning and I see the headline and I just... Uh, I was going to dismiss this, but I brought it up to you this morning and I'm just like, oh, brother, what is this? And you're like, I kind of agree. In a sense. Well, I'm going to have you defend your sense. And we decided we did agree. Well, let's just not talk about it right now. And you'll come back and you'll give me your super hot take on why you agree with Randy Moss. Okay. Randy Moss came out and said, uh, <clears throat> yeah, I'm the GOAT wide receiver. Greatest of all time wide receiver. Best there ever was at the position. Mm. I put uh, Jerry Rice somewhere around three or four yeah. behind me and T.O. Because we, we was dominant. Yeah, I mean, Jerry Rice was good. And sure, he holds, holds all the records and those Super Bowls. Here's the line in his little statement. I'll read this one verbatim because it just. Let's hear it. I don't live on statistics. If you live on statistics and live on championships, that's all political. Which, in fact, is the complete opposite of what politicizing a statement yeah, it is. Does. Yeah. <laughs> Opinion would politicize it. There's some people that live on stats. There's some people that live on championships. I very rarely hear the argument that, oh, you live on stats and championships? Like, get out of here. Like, people can go, well, Jordan was great, but Kareem's the all-time leading scorer. Like that, that you, you, there's there's an argument to get Kareem. If you want to just go stats, Jordan not the greatest of all time. If you just want to go championships, Jordan is the greatest of all time. LeBron will probably end up with all of the stats, but if he doesn't have the championships, there's there, you can parse your words there. You're picking a position player in a team sport. You're going stats and championships. If you get rid of both of those, I'm by far the best. Okay, here is where I'm going to partially defend Randy Moss. Okay, go. And I'm you going go to for twist it. his words just a smidge. I appreciate that. I will. Totally agree with him if he would say the most dominant receiver of all time. Ah, but see, yes. Okay. Yes. Oh. Dude, go back and watch Randy Moss footage from not only his 2007 season with Tom Brady and the Patriots, sure. where I'm pretty sure he had something like 30 touchdown catches. Nope. What was it? 23. Oh, 23. 23. That, that, 23. So. And then go watch his effing rookie season. Yeah. That was one of the most monstrous rookie seasons sure. I've ever seen. Again, I want to just put the word dominating. He is the most okay. dominating receiver of all time because of the fact that he was a mismatch nightmare on every single level. And you know something? He was still a mismatch nightmare a long way through his career. I would argue that Jerry Rice, for the most part, was incredibly dominant for a good chunk of time. But once he hit over a certain mark in his prime, Jerry Rice became just kind of Jerry Rice, his name. Pro, Pro Bowl seasons. Jerry Rice compared to Randy Moss, 13, mm. 13 Pro Bowl seasons, including 2002, which was his last one. So his first Damn. one was in 1986, and then he was a Pro Bowler. And maybe that's just on his name. That's fine. Mm. Uh, number of years leading the league in receiving yards. Okay. Jerry Rice, six. Randy Moss, zero. Number of times leading the NFL and receiving touchdowns. Jerry Rice, six. Randy Moss, four. Leading the league in receptions. Jerry Rice, twice. Randy Moss, never. NFL Player of the Year. Uh, offensive Player of the Year. Jerry Rice, twice. Randy Moss, zero. Co Conference Offensive Player of the Year. Rice, twice. Zero. Uh, Jerry Rice was Rookie of the Year. Randy Moss was Rookie of the Year. Comeback Player of the Year goes to Randy Moss in 2007. Oh, because he went away. You can only get comeback player of the year if you go away. Can I ask you, uh, this is just a side question. Sure. I don't know if it has a lot to do with anything. Who would you say is better, Frank Gore, like all-time career, Frank Gore or Barry Sanders? Frank Gore, how many times did he league the lead? I don't know. I'm just asking the question. I say Barry Sanders is better. You say Barry Sanders is yes. better. Now, Frank Gore is still playing, and he has more career yards than I, Barry Sanders. I didn't Sanders. go career yards, so I didn't. I didn't well, that's I, a stat. I understand that, but I intentionally did not mention any career stats. Well, I intentionally put your argument on its head. I know, but I'm telling you that your <laughs> argument is stupid because it doesn't put it on the head. I went in single seasons. Okay. In single seasons, Randy Moss never led the league in reception. But we're Jer talking all time, no, we're dog. Not. Listen, dog. No, dog. I'm Listen, bro. Season. No, let's, let's go to 
individual seasons, okay. shall we? All right. Okay. Let's so hear it. You're talking domination in individual seasons. So these are regular season stats. Yes. Okay. So if you look at their best seasons, not career, because Jerry Rice played 20 years and Randy Moss only played 14, which I would argue when you say greatest of all time, longevity plays a part into it, but I won't get there. Best regular season. Okay. The most receptions Jerry Rice ever had in a season is 122. That's 11 more than Randy Moss ever had in one season. Receptions, fine, whatever. Yards. Jerry Rice leads Randy Moss by 200 yards. His best season in 1995, he had 1,848 yards. Randy Moss had 1,632 in 2003. In touchdowns, this is where Randy Moss, you, you brought this up, Randy Moss had 23 touchdowns. That's an NFL record in 2007. In 2007. Yeah. You're right about that. Would yes. you care to guess by how much he beat Jerry Rice in Jerry Rice's best year in that dominating year? Uh, I'm going to guess, be, the way you're framing this question, I'm going to guess it's not much. So I'll say three touchdowns. One touchdown. One touchdown. In okay. 1987, Jerry Rice had 22 touchdowns. In the most dominant single year that you ever watched, Randy Moss go out there just to obliterate people. And you look back at it and you go, man, he was so dominant. He had to beat Jerry Rice, who holds a litany of records when you look at the career records. And I didn't go. I intentionally did not choose any career records here. Thanks, in Daddy. In single seasons. <laughs> Jer Dude, Jerry Rice is just the man. Dude, I know Jerry Rice is the man, and I know He's you're putting goat. up all this stuff. Okay. Again, I think that a lot of this has to come down to eye tests. And I always do the eye test because we're having this conversation sure. right now. If it wasn't the eye test, if that had no part in how you decide position groups by greatest of all time, then yes, you would be totally right. And in fact, we'd be praising Frank Gore right now. He's third all time in career yards. So put him in kit, but, bro. I mean, but we're not doing career yards, man. I'm talking about Jerry. But you can Rice. do it either way. That's what I'm you, saying. You can't, but here's the thing is even if you go game by game, mm. who, which, which of those two has the longest reception, the what? The longest reception. Oh, like a single reception, single reception. Jer uh, Jerry Rice. Okay. The only record on here, the only... He probably caught like a five-yard slant and run eight, ran 80 yards. How does that not make him great? That's exactly what Jerry Rice Jr. brought up, which is Jerry Rice would catch it five yards down the field and turn it into a 96-yard touchdown, where Randy Moss going deep. Maybe he's the greatest deep ball receiver ever, but Jerry Rice is the best receiver of all time. Okay, so you're going to put Jerry Rice in terms of deep balls, say like, oh, I don't know, Randy Moss being triple covered and jumping over three fools to catch a touchdown. But dude, See, go back and look at the 07 season against the Dolphins. There were scenes where Moss would literally just start running a go. He would go past the corner, sure. go past the safety, and then he would go past the backup dude who was supposed to cover somebody else, jump over them, land, and go boom. If your argument is that Randy Moss is better than Jerry Rice, More because, because people had to game plan for Randy Moss, are you, yeah. you're telling me that in the 20-year career, nobody ever game planned for Jerry Rice. They game planned for Dude. the West Coast offense. That's what they game plan for. You have to game plan for Randy Moss. It That's doesn't fine. matter what team he's on. Jerry Rice was part of a system of West Coast offense that benefited him greatly. That's not to demean him in any way. <laughs> I'm just saying, Randy Moss is somebody who the entire week, you're trying to figure out how you can shift your secondary for the fact that he's going to run 30 yards past you and you will need two safeties to cover him because yeah. he will score very quickly. I'm saying dominating. That's it. Okay. Most dominating. <laughs> I'm just I'm I'm going to disagree over over a 20 year period. Jerry Rice is one of those guys where you look at his numbers. You know who he's like? He's Me? like uh, <laughs> in radio. <laughs> he's like you I'm in dominating. Radio. No, there. Have you ever heard of uh, Don Bradman? No. Don Bradman played cricket in us for Australia. And <laughs> just hear, okay. hear me out. Right, go ahead. To this day, he still holds all of the records, and they, what they call your test average is how you score your points. His test average is that. like 99. <laughs> it's like 99. He's 40 points higher than the next best guy. Jerry Wrights holds so many records that you just look at it, dude, down this entire list. I mean, this page has probably got, I don't know, 60 bullet points on it. Randy mm. Moss beats him in one statistic by one touchdown. I just, 
I, I see it with my eyes. I understand. Go back and, and watch you. Jerry Rice, man. A lot of people played in the West Coast off- offense. He was just he was just the best, man. He was the best, and uh, I will not have you or Randy Moss say otherwise. Oh, really, Skip? Yeah, that's how I feel. Okay, Skip. But this is not a hard argument. I know that you're working. You're working no, very it's hard a to very do. easy argument on my side because I'm very right, and you look like an idiot right now. You sound stupid uh, making this yes, argument. I, know. I feel stupid. <laughs> I feel real dumb about it. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, who's better? Frank Gore or Barry Sanders? Because I'm looking at the career numbers. I'm looking at the stats, bro. <laughs> I did not bring up a single career stat, which, by the way, are all Jerry Rice records. That's where all the records come into play. Jerome Bettis, Eric Dickerson. Which one's better? Uh, uh, Bettis, obviously. Well, yeah, because of the career <laughs> yards. Of the career yards. All right. Uh, hey, good versus evil. Let's do it. Uh, it's a chance to look back at some of the stories you may have missed throughout the week. We do it next. Sinner and Saint on 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. <laughs> Let the center and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. If the ACC was trying to really protect Clemson and Notre Dame, why would we even play the game this week? I mean, if six wins can get you in the playoffs, shouldn't nine get you there? Shouldn't ten get you there? professional douche noodle Dabo Sweeney Notre Dame plays for its first conference championship game of any kind today but should there be more the Irish have delivered terrific ratings for NBC they've been matched up uh, against perennial heavyweights like Clemson Miami and Florida State and all those games have gotten pretty pretty good ratings it's also added more intrigue to an ACC conference that's winner has become mostly predictable in the past couple of years well it's pretty much always clemson should notre dame shuck their silo and stay members of the atlantic coastal conference forever uh no i think notre dame has uh, enough cachet and enough rivals so that they can continue to play their independent schedule and be just fine it's it's this year has been a way to kind of hold up the mirror of college football and just go hey the way you're doing things is really dumb like I would be more in favor of everybody leaving their conference than uh, Notre Dame joining any conference. I mean, the idea that Boise State floated that, hey, this is the sign that we need to get out of the the Mountain West. Uh, we should do it now the way that they've been treated. The, the Pac-12 uh, teams disagreeing with the Pac-12's decision not to play. The Big Ten making rules, breaking rules, changing rules to get Ohio State in the game. The conferences aren't much better than the NCAA as a whole. College football is broken they need to sit down and have a a come to jesus moment with the way that they run things and go what's the best thing for individual schools and then the schools should go out and all make their independent schedules and make it more fun do it why not this is their window now this is their window of opportunity you know you locked up arguably the best player in the league i mean he's been the mvp uh, he's a top three, at least, to say the least. But you, you create that culture that mm-hmm. you've created over the last few years. Now it's about what's next for Giannis and this ball club. They're going to be one of the best teams in the league. This ownership now has the pressure on bringing in the type of cast that can you help this guy. You think they're going to win a title? Take, I think they're going to win a title. That was evasive poo pants expert Paul Pierce. Giannis Antetokounmpo ended his free agent drama this week before it could gain any steam. The two-time MVP signed a five-year $228 million Supermax extension with the Milwaukee Bucks. Team president Peter Fagan called it, quote, one of the greatest days in program history, unquote. Was it a mistake on Giannis's part not to test free agency this time around? No, you keep the money going there, and it's it's no longer necessary to be in one of the major markets. Bless you. Uh, no Thank longer you. necessary to I'm be in one of the major markets to... Bless I'm you. allergic to this Everyone's question. Everyone's missed your spot, even if you're trying to serve up meat. Pretty good one. <laughs> Pretty good one. Um, the 
the idea that you have to be a New Yorker, L.A. to be a star is is no longer true in the NBA. Giannis is an international player, so he can be a international uh, marketing superstar from Milwaukee. So I don't think there's any benefit to do that. Uh, the only thing that he's missing from getting major endorsement contracts here in the U.S. is a personality and a really confusing name. Well, that, he's got that too. That. Would you do Ben Simmons straight up for James Harden? Nope. Um, I again, I love Ben Simmons. That's just me. So I, I would I wouldn't do it if I were Philadelphia. But no. Daryl Morey pledged allegiance to James. Said you changed my life in an ad that he left as he left town in Houston. But Skip, right? Daryl Morey also helped created the problem, mm -hmm. the monster that James Harden he did. is. Skip. That was very tired, Skip Bayless and Shannon Sharp. There are now multiple reports coming out of the Philadelphia 76ers that they have been willing to trade Ben Simmons for James Harden straight up. Daryl Morey, Philadelphia's GM, if you forget that at all, says that this is not true. He told The Athletic, quote, we are not training Ben Simmons. He is an important part of our team, said Daryl Morey, robot. <laughs> is he lying? Uh, probably, yeah. I mean, Daryl Morey is the analytics guru in the NBA. He's the one that believes in the three-point shot above all else. What's the one thing Ben Simmons can't do? Not date a Kardashian. I think he can. I think he can do that. He'd be happy to date other models. I'm pretty confident. He can't shoot threes. Oh, that's right. He can't shoot threes. So I think that's where it looks gets uh, rather difficult when you go. All right, analytics says this is a more valuable shot. We've got a point guard who can't do it. So yeah, I would not be surprised. I'm not saying that they will, but I would not be surprised if uh, Ben Simmons was traded for James Harden. All right, time for my favorite story of the week. Your headline. U.S. judge says parents owe son over trashed porn collection. <laughs> I saw this story. This is fantastic. Trashed porn collection. Yeah. Dave Working. That's his real name. I doubt he's working. <laughs> See what I did there? He's working something. Yep. Uh, who was living with his parents following a divorce, sued them over the items, which he claims were worth over $25,000. How old is this man? Uh, I'm going to get to that. <laughs> he lives with his parents, Mr. Working, in Grand Haven, Michigan, and he did it for 10 months after his divorce. Sucks. Uh, but you know what? Wait, are you suggesting the guy with a $25,000 pornography collection... Uh, you feel bad for him getting divorced? Yeah. You don't, you don't think there was... Really? Well, I think he acquired it after the divorce. Really? Yeah, I think that they split he, amicably, and then he got some, like... You don't think that led to the divorce at all? He just he just very quickly accumulated 25 grand in pornography after his wife left him? What is so hard to think like understand about that? I, this is just a guess. I'm guessing that this man's... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say obsession or fascination or a collection mm -hmm. of pornography may have led may have led to his wife going yeah this isn't going to work look out. chicken before the egg porn before getting divorced whatever yeah, he's they, 42 years old by sure. the way yeah 42 year old this is a lifetime of uh dirty pics that he's been collecting i would also like to point out for this 42 year old man um you probably <clears throat> unless this is some rare porn we're talking about I, that's what i'm guessing okay. this is why i suggest that it was collected over a long period of time because you probably cannot get the 1993 penthouse magazine okay february penthouse magazine anymore so the, you're saying this is more a collector's item thing because i oh, want to yeah. get in touch with this guy and go uh, sir, there's something called the internet and you no longer need these magazines and VHS tapes. Like no, no, you this, can go on the internet and do your business. This is about nostalgia and this is about going, Hey, what's his name? What's, sorry. Mr. Working Dave working. It, it is Mike work. No, it's actually Dave working. Sorry. Okay. So, so you, if you go, Dave, David, David, <clears throat> 2001, right? February. Okay. Uh, what I, now I can't even think of what the the things are height weight and uh, and turnoffs. You're drunk. Like I'm trying on the centerfold. I'll bet you can do it from memory. Oh, you mean he has you know what I mean? a pornographic encyclopedia yeah, mind? This is this is what I think. I I think that he spent enough time with his collection to know if you went if you went Playboy magazine, February two thousand three, mm -hmm. height weight, bust, turnoffs, stage name. He could just. 
rattle them off. So you're saying this guy is the Russell Crowe in a beautiful mind movie yes. of old porn. That's yeah. If if he's not, he aspires to be. And it just got ruined. And then his parents, and Shirts. if I remember the quote correctly, it's like, we did you a favor, son. Yeah. 25 grand. Yeah, well. You think he had somebody, what's the name of that profession when somebody comes out there and they look at your stuff and they go, it's, it's that much. Yeah, uh, what is that? It's not an estimator. It's a, it's a, it's a predictor. Evaluator. I don't know. Did, did, did he take it to Antiques Roadshow? Well, that I've would got, be a good I've thing. Got, Dude, if I was flipping through channels and I saw that on Antiques I've Roadshow. I've got these original prints of uh, Marilyn Monroe here. Uh, these look to be authentic. These are, I mean, you can tell by the areolas that uh, <laughs> these have not been doctored in any way. Yeah, I'd love to see the uh, the porn version of, of Antiques Roadshow. Uh, text line 503250-1080. Somebody says it's an appraiser. I don't think that's right. Yeah, I that's think it's an right. estimator. No, I think appraiser is right. I don't think that's yes. right. Yeah, no, my sister is an estimator. She estimates how much it will cost to put in like the electrical outlets on a new building. Yeah. I, again, I yeah. think it's, it's appraiser. I think I, it's an uh, estimator. No, I would estimate that you're incorrect. <laughs> <laughs> that's not fair. I practice estimating jokes all the time on my sister. So that's not fair. There you, you go. That was, that was a, uh, that was a big league move. I just pulled on you and you were uh, not ready for it. And I apologize. Boom. That is your good versus evil. It is brought to you by 808 Hawaiian restaurant. Their food is delicious. You should eat it is available for to go or delivery, and now you can just go right onto their website and order right there on the website. The website is ate-oh-ate.com. Go there, eat their food. It is good. My clock is telling me it's 10.02. We should go. In hour two, uh, back into college football, uh, we need to talk about uh, the condition of the groin of Derek Carr and the ribs of Drew Brees. We will start there. This is a Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan and Radio.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.